Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve, called to live commanded to love, commissioned to serve, and FCBC, you know what we do. We live, we love, and we serve. Amen. 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 Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. folks would say, guide my feet, Lord, please guide my feet, guide my feet, Guide my feet while I am on tedious journey. 
I want Jesus to walk with me. And my grandmother would say, hold my hand, Lord, please hold my hand, hold my hand, Lord, hold my hand while I am on this tedious journey I want Jesus to walk with me. Hallelujah. 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 Ah, ha, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, mighty in battle. Hallelujah, God. We bless your name. We thank you, God. We love you, God. We're grateful, God. Grateful just to be here. Grateful for life. Grateful for health. Grateful for strength. Grateful, God, that we are not alone, for you are with us, never leaving us, never forsaking us, always loving us. We say thank you. Ha! <laughs> Hallelujah, God. We thank you that this service is blessed. We thank you that this message is blessed. We thank you that your people are blessed. God, we are grateful that the words that you will give us on today will be words of life, words that will help us to live the life you've called us to live, words of hope and love, to help us to love beyond the limits of our prejudice, words of service to help us recognize that we are here not just to be a blessing to ourselves, but be a blessing to others, to help us to serve. God, now stand tall in me. Stand tall in me. That you might get the glory. That those who are watching and listening will hear you more than they see me. And we will give you all of the honor all of the glory, and all of the play, praise because you are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we lift this prayer in your name, in your power, and in your might. For thine is the kingdom, 
the power and the glory forever and ever. And we say together, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel good uh, this morning. I feel good this morning because what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve, a God who is constantly with us, a God who never leaves us. And I am grateful to be serving that God. Amen. Are you grateful? Amen. Are you grateful? Amen. Are you grateful? Amen. Are you grateful? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I was, um, I was watching uh, television um, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I started to see, you know, as the city is opening back up, that Broadway is opening back up. I love me some Broadway. Um, I saw the commercial for The Lion King. The Lion King is coming back. I saw the commercial for Wicked. You know, Wicked is coming back. And I saw the commercial for Aladdin. Uh, Aladdin is coming back to Broadway. I'm so excited. I had an opportunity uh, to see it a few years ago. And as I watched that commercial, um, for Aladdin, it just took me back. It took me back some years uh, thinking about the first time that I saw the movie, the first time um, that I saw it in animated, and I thought about uh, Robin Williams when he played the genie, and then thought about Will Smith when he played the genie, and um, it's just such an amazing story uh, about this genie who gives three wishes uh, to its owner, and, and I was thinking about when I was younger how we would talk about, man, uh, you know, if we had that lamp and we were given those wishes, I know exactly what I'd wish for. And then we talk about what we would wish for. And ultimately, we had all learned because we had watched the movie several times that you knew that your last wish was going to be to wish for three more wishes. Right. Um, and so that that was uh, a, a movie that I loved. Uh, and it also was a Broadway show um, that I really loved. And I started thinking about how my wishes when I was 10, right, were very different from my wishes when I was 20. And my wishes when I was 20 were very different from my wishes now at 50. Um, and so over the years, our desires, um, the things we want, the things we're hoping for, the things we're striving for change. Um, and so I just wanted to start today. I know I didn't read a scripture. It's coming. Um, but I wanted to start today off by, by saying, no, we don't have a, a genie that's here to give us three wishes. But we do have a God, right? We have a God who specializes in giving us exactly what we need according to God's riches in glory. We have a God who says, seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door shall be opened. And so I wonder today that if God said to you, ask one thing of me, what would you ask? What would you ask? And I want to take a minute because I want us to think about it. I'm going to give you some time. I want you to just write it down. Or maybe you have your, your phone. You can type it in your, your notes. But if God asked you that you could ask one thing of God, anything, what would that thing be? What would that thing be? Take a minute to think about that. Take a minute to think about it. God's coming to you and saying, ask anything of me. What would be that one thing that you would ask for? 
You got it? I feel like somebody just needs a few more seconds. You got it? You know, and I I Googled to see what would people wish for, and most folks are wishing for, um, you know, financial freedom. You know, they want riches. Um, Folks also are are wishing and hoping for love. Um, They want family and friends. They want someone that they can love and someone that will love them back. And there are lots of folks who also wish for happiness. What, What would be your wish? What would be your hope? What would be your ask? Turn with me to 1 Kings, the third chapter. And we're going to start reading at the fifth verse. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. I hope everybody wrote down what they would ask for, because we're going to come back to it. And so we're going to read this in the Message Bible, 1 Kings chapter 3, starting at verse 5. And it reads, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what I should give you. And Solomon said, you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father, David, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. And now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David, although I'm only a child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen. A people, a great people, so numerous, they cannot be numbered or counted. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart, an understanding mind, to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil, for who can govern this, your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life, or riches, or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Mm. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you, and no one like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you. 
If you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. I want to read that from verse 10 again. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked for this. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding, understanding to discern what is right. I now do according to your word. Indeed. I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you and no one like you shall rise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor all your life. No other king shall compare with you if you walk by my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. Amen. Amen. And I want to talk today um, from the subject prepared for elevation. Prepared for elevation. I don't know how you all felt, but I know some of y'all must have been thinking, dang, I should have asked for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> thinking about what you may have written down, what you may have been thinking in that moment, and then hearing what Solomon asked for, I mean, my God, the man was already wise before he asked for wisdom, wise enough to ask for something he felt he needed, not for himself, but for the people of God. What, what wisdom he already had, even when he asked God for an understanding and a discerning heart. I would dare say that Solomon had a high aptitude right? A high aptitude. Um, aptitude, according to Marian uh, Williams, the, the dictionary, is the capacity for learning. Aptitude is our capacity for learning. And it seems to me, based on the scripture that we just read, that Solomon had a high capacity for learning. He had observed everything with his father. He knew the kind of man that his father was and then was able to articulate that to God. Look at the scripture. He says, you've shown great and steadfast love to your servant, my father, David, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness of heart towards you. And you have kept for them this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne today. Solomon clearly was paying attention. He was clearly paying attention to the lessons that he was learning, but also the lessons that his father had learned along the way. To the extent that he knew the kind of man his father was, he knew the kind of life his father lived, and he knew the kind of relationship his father had with God. He understood the love that God had for his father, and after watching God in relationship with his father, desired to walk in relationship with God in that same way. Solomon had a high aptitude, a high capacity for learning. How is your aptitude? Because we've lived a lot. We've gone through a lot. But are we learning from our experiences? Are we learning from our mistakes? Are we learning from the things that have happened in our lives that have shaped us? Learning to the extent that we're able to take that knowledge, apply it, and move forward to doing something new. 
right? It's the same way that before we go to fifth grade, we got to complete first grade. We got to complete second grade. We got to complete third grade. We got to complete fourth grade because we're not prepared for fifth grade if we haven't learned what we needed to learn in first grade, right? Uh, And sometimes we might need to repeat first grade because we don't get everything that we need to get and we need a little extra time in that space so that we can learn what we need to learn so that we can move on to the next level. How is your aptitude? Are you looking at your life and learning from all of the experiences that you've had, all of your highs, all of your lows, all of your in-between? How is your aptitude? Are you learning how to talk, how to walk, how to treat people, how to treat yourself? How is your aptitude? Right? Because our aptitude will determine how high we can go. Our aptitude will determine our elevation. If we're willing to learn what we need to learn at this level, then we'll be prepared to go to the next level. I'm trying to help somebody because sometimes we feel like we get stuck in the same place, in the same ruts, in the same relationships. And that is because we haven't learned what we needed to learn from that situation so that God could elevate us and take us to the next level. Right. And so we hear that adage, you live and you learn. But are you really learning? And are you applying what you're learning so that you can get to even greater? Right. And I remember I read this passage and I was like, you know what? Hold on. Maybe Solomon didn't really know his father like some of us know his father. I mean, David um, actually called someone else's wife, Bathsheba, uh, to his kingdom, uh, committed adultery with her. Uh, She got pregnant. When he found out that she was pregnant, then he sent her husband out to war, Uriah, put him on the front line so that he would be killed. This is David, who Solomon is saying walked before God in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart. This David, who had someone killed so that he could have their wife. Wow. This David, who who counted the people, made a census, even though it was not what God wanted him to do, to the extent that 70,000 Israelites were killed because of his disobedience. But none of that is mentioned here. Solomon is only talking about the God who walked before the the father who walked before God in faithfulness, in righteousness and in uprightness of heart toward God. And I had to take a step back and think about that. And I realized um, that Solomon was looking at David for who David was at the time. Sometimes we're so busy looking back that we forget where we are right now. Sometimes we keep going back to things that we left behind. Don't go back to things that you've left behind, right? That that stuff doesn't matter anymore in as much as you've learned your lesson and moved on to a higher level. And so we got to stop allowing people to remind us of who we used to be, the things we used to do, the places we used to go, how we used to show up, because that no longer reflects who we are right now. And so if God has left it back there, why are you going back to get it? Why are we still talking about old hurts? like they happened yesterday when it happened 10 years ago. God has left that place. God is here with you now. Can you be present with your God who is present with you now and prepared to take you to the next level or do you prefer to continue to go back? I'm trying to help somebody who's been having the same conversation over and over and over again, looking at that same mistake over and over and over again. Going through that same uh, situation, rehearsing it over, reminding yourself of how bad it was, reminding yourself about how much it hurts. And God is saying, come, come, come from 1990. It's 2021. 
Come, come, come from 2000, it's 2021. Come, come, come uh, from June and July, it's September of 221. Uh, and so there's a reason that those things are, are not mentioned because those things were left <laughs> back there where they belong. David was a different person as he was raising Solomon. So I need us to know that we are bigger than our worst mistakes. We are, we are stronger than our worst pain. And God is calling us to be present right now where we are. That's how you know uh, that your aptitude is growing, your capacity to continue to move forward in spite of what you've gone through in the past, your capacity to stand on those things and allow them to make you taller, wiser, stronger, better, instead of looking back and rehearsing that same old hurt, that same old pain, that same old disappointment. Sometimes we learn, but we still won't let go. Tell yourself to let go. Let it go. Let it go. Because if you really are prepared for elevation, you have got to make sure that your aptitude is on par, that your capacity to learn uh, is in sync with who God is calling you to be right now. Maximize your aptitude. I, I need you to just say, say that to yourself. I, I need to maximize my aptitude. My capacity to learn from my mistakes instead of beating my head up for them. My capacity to learn for the things that I didn't do that I should have done, the things that I did do that I shouldn't have done so that I can continue to move forward and that I can be elevated. Um, because aptitude, right, affects your attitude, right? <laughs> now, attitude, <laughs> according to uh, Merriam-Webster, is the way you think or feel about something. Your aptitude affects your attitude, right? Um, and we see this right here in, in the example of Solomon, um, where he says, and now, O Lord, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, although I am only a little child. I don't know how to go in or how to come out. And your servant is in the midst of the people whom you have chosen, a great people, so numerous that they cannot be numbered or counted. This attitude of humility th that, that Solomon is showing is the attitude that matches his aptitude. So based on what he's learned, he's using all that he's learned from watching his father David and applying it now to this relationship that he's seeking to have with God. And he's approaching this relationship uh, not uh, like he uh, has earned it, or, or has worked for it or, or deserves it. But he understands that he is sitting on the throne because of the relationship that God had with his father, David. And he approaches that throne with a level of humility. God called him to this place of leadership. And even though he didn't feel like he was prepared, he was moving forward and being obedient to the assignment. But in the process, God said, I see your obedience. What can I do for you? And he asked for wisdom so that he could lead the people uh, the way that God would want him to lead the people. How is your attitude today? How is your attitude? Because sometimes we want what we don't have. Sometimes uh, we want to earn what doesn't belong to us. Sometimes uh, we want to move forward when we need to sit just a minute and observe the things around us and determine what is it that we need to move forward and do what God is calling us to do. That's what Solomon was doing. Yes, God, I accept the assignment. But if you're asking me what I want, I need an understanding heart. Because I know I can't do this without you. Humility. 
How's your attitude? Your attitude, the way you think and feel about something. Uh, attitude is so important because two people can be in the same situation, having the same experience, and look at it completely different. And it all goes back to attitude. If I'm sitting here and I have a glass of water and the water is half full, and two people walk in and see that water half, that glass of water half full, one person will look at it and say, huh, somebody drank half a glass of water and left it there. I'm not going to drink that because somebody else may have been drinking it. Somebody else may come in and say, thank you, God. I'm so thirsty. I haven't had water in the last two days, and I'm grateful for the water that's present. Same cup of water, different attitudes about it. Some, some of us see that water and say the cup is half full. Some of us will see that water and say the cup is half empty. Same experience, different attitude. Somebody can, can lose a parent, two siblings, same family. One sibling says, God, thank you. Thank you uh, for allowing my mother to transition because she was in so much pain and I'm so grateful she's not in pain anymore. Another sibling, God, why would you take my mother from me? She's all that I had and I can't believe you would leave me by myself like that. Same experience. Are you with me? But a different attitude. How is your attitude? Somebody can go into the hospital in pain in their stomach and the doctor can say, you have an ulcer. One person will say, thank God, it's an ulcer. The doctor can go in, do the surgery, remove it, and I'll be healing and feeling better. Uh, uh, thank God, uh, it's an ulcer. Somebody else will say, oh my God, I can't believe it. I gotta have surgery. Same experience, different attitude. That's why we've gotta make sure we're checking our attitude to determine what kind of attitude we have. Because our aptitude will affect our attitude. In other words, uh, Solomon's capacity for learning influenced the way he thought and felt about God. The aptitude affects the attitude. Are you with me? So depending on your aptitude and your capacity to learn, it's going to influence how you look and feel about things that happen around you. Your aptitude affects your attitude. Your capacity for learning will influence the way you think and feel about the things that you encounter in this world. Are you with me today? So we've got to check our attitudes. That's why we can't give people what they give us. Uh, because if someone comes to you and gives you an attitude, it may be because they have a low aptitude. And if you respond to them with a negative attitude, then you're going down to their level instead of elevating them to your level. We can't give people what they give us because we don't know what's influencing what they're giving us. That's why we got to take a step back and recognize that we are the beloved of God. That God's spirit rests on us, that in us God finds favor. How is your attitude? We all together? So if your aptitude influences your attitude, then your attitude will influence your altitude. Uh, I'm trying to help somebody. Altitude, according to Merriam-Webster, is the vertical elevation of an object above a surface, right? Um, and so altitude means we, it's, it's in a vertical elevation. It means that we're going from one point to another point. It means that we're going higher. And in order to go higher, we have to make sure that our aptitude and our attitude is in check so that our altitude will not be negatively affected. I'm trying to help somebody. Samuel wanted to go higher. 
He had already been given the kingdom. He had already become king. But for him, in order to go higher, he needed an understanding heart. He didn't want money to go higher. He didn't want friends or servants or influence or fame. He wanted an understanding heart. It's right there in verse 9. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, able to discern between good and evil. For who can govern this your great people? He wanted to be elevated, uh, not in his position, but in his position, in his thought, in the way that he saw people, in the way that he reconciled differences, in the way that he gave judgment. Uh, And so his aptitude influences his attitude and his attitude influences his altitude because he wanted to go higher. How is your altitude? How is your aptitude influencing your attitude? And how is your attitude influencing your altitude? How is your altitude? Because some of us are wondering why we're stuck and we can't go any higher. We're looking for elevation. We say we want it, but we're not necessarily doing the things that we need to do in order to go to a higher level, right? Holding grudges is going to affect your altitude negatively. When you hold grudges instead of forgiving, you're holding on to things. All of that adds weight to you. You can't go higher if you're carrying so much weight. Some things you've got to let go. Moving from grudges to forgiveness will increase your altitude. Some of us would rather believe a lie and hold on to the lie than walk in the truth. Holding on to that lie will affect your altitude. It's going to affect how high you can go, how far you can go. Some of us are so busy being selfish, thinking about ourselves and what we need and what we want and what we don't have, that we don't have the capacity to look at others around us who are suffering. That selfishness will only allow you to go so far. If you're looking to go to a higher attitude, you've got to move from being selfish to being selfless. Some of us not happy with who we are, not satisfied with who God has created us to be. And so we're trying to be a carbon copy of somebody else. But trying to be a carbon copy of someone else is not going to get you to the level that God wants you to get to. You've got to be able to walk in your own authenticity. That's how you move higher, higher into a higher altitude. His aptitude influenced his attitude. His capacity for learning influenced the way he thought and felt about God. And his attitude influenced his altitude. His capacity for learning influenced the way he thought and felt about God. And the way he thought and felt about God influenced the height, depth, and breadth of his elevation. How do you feel about God? What do you believe about God? What do you believe is possible in God, through God? And if you believe it, then where is the fear coming from? Where is the doubt coming from? Where is the second guessing coming from? Where is the hatred coming from? Where is the unhappiness coming from? If we believe in who God is and who God has called us to be, then we've got to release all of those things that are binding us, holding us back, holding us down, and preventing us from getting to the place that God wants us to be. The text tells us that God told Solomon, because of your aptitude and your attitude, I'm going to increase your altitude. It's right there in the scripture. God says, because you have asked this, 
and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, I now do according to your word. Indeed, I give you a wise and discerning mind. No one like you has been before you and no one like you shall arise after you. This text is showing us that God is taking Samuel, uh, Solomon to a higher altitude. Do you see it? He's saying because you didn't ask for the selfish things, but because you wanted something to help you govern, to help you discern, to help you to know the difference between right and wrong, I'm not only going to give you what you asked for, but I'm going to give you even more. Because God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think according to that power that is in us. Do you see this scripture? Because my whole life, I have been taught to do according to God's word. But in this scripture, God is telling Solomon, I now do according to your word. What a radical reversal that happens when God sees our attitude and our aptitude influencing our altitude. My God, God is reversing things such that it's not Samuel, Solomon, keep calling Samuel, Solomon, who's doing what God has told Solomon to do, but it's God who's doing what Solomon asked God to do. Because of that aptitude, that influences that attitude that then influences that altitude. God is saying to Solomon, because you did not ask selfishly, I also give you what you have not asked, riches and honor your whole life. No other king shall compare with you. Wow, can you imagine? Can you imagine sometimes we have to realize that less is more. Ah, sometimes we, real, we have to realize that less is more. That, that if we uh, move forward in the things that will be beneficial, not just for us, but for those who are around us, those that we know and those that we don't, those that love us and those that don't even like us. But if we're able to see their needs and have concern about them and their lives, then God has a special blessing in store for us when we have the capacity to look beyond ourselves, beyond what's just going to be beneficial to me and mine. God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Have you ever gotten double for your trouble? Have things ever been going so bad and then all of a sudden you see that not only are things working out in your benefit and for your good, but it's even greater than you could have ever imagined. This is what's happening for Solomon. He asked for one thing, but God said, because you asked for that one thing, I'm going to give you more than you could ever even imagine. I love it. I love it because we have a God that specializes in going above and beyond and giving us more than enough, not just for us, but for the capacity for us to be a blessing to someone else. And that's really what Solomon was asking for. Let me be a blessing to these people that you have given me to lead. Let me be wise enough 
to lead them in your ways according to your statutes. Let me be a king that they can look up to and know that you are with me, know that you will never leave me, know that you are not forsaking me. Let them look at me and know that I am not by myself. That's what we do when we speak about God and the capacity of God to bless our life, the capacity of God to elevate us, the capacity of God to change things around. We're letting the people around us know that I'm not by myself. When I showed up here today, I didn't show up by myself. The Lord is with me. When I showed up today, angels showed up with me. A cloud of witnesses showed up with me. Ancestors showed up with me. You are not by yourself. Even when you feel most alone. I I love this scripture. I love uh, this text. Uh, I love uh, this last sentence. Right. Where God says, you know what? And not only am I going to give you what you asked for, which is an understanding heart, which is wisdom. Uh, I'm going to give you riches and I'm going to give you glory and honor. And I like this one. If you walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your life. Huh. I mean, it gets better and better and better. You got what you asked for. Then you got more than you asked for. But now you have the capacity to earn even more. Not only did you get what you asked for, but you got more than what you asked for. And now you have the capacity to learn and earn even more. Why do you say that? Because God says, if you walk in my ways, then I will lengthen your life. And it just helped me to realize that some things are given and some things we got to earn. That's just who God is. Some things we're given and some things we've got to earn. For that mountain to move, we've got to move in faith. We've got to earn that mountain moving. We've got, it's not just going to move by itself. We've got to faith it to move. Uh, we've got to earn that door to be open by knocking. Knock and the door will be open, but we have to participate. Sometimes God will do it all on God's own. And sometimes God says, I need your participation, right? The woman with an issue of blood didn't get healed because Jesus came to her house, went to her bedside and touched her. She got healed because she earned it. She walked, uh, she moved, uh, she got close, she bent down, she touched the M and she participated in her own healing. There are some things that we've got to participate in. Some things we're waiting on God to do while God is waiting on us to do it. Some things we've got to take a step forward and trust that when we step forward, God is stepping forward with us. Sometimes we've got to earn it instead of waiting and expecting it to come so easily. And this is what God is saying to Solomon. God gave Solomon a wise and discerning heart. That's what he told him he was going to do. And then the text says, that Samuel, Sam, Solomon woke up because this all happened in a dream. Isn't it amazing that this all happened in a dream? That our conscious identity, values, desires, and needs are so present with us that even when we're sleeping, they are still there with us. 
that all of this happened not when Samson was up and thinking about it, not when he had a minute to discern what it is that he really wanted, but in a conversation with God in a dream. I like it because when he woke up, the text tells us that Samuel left Gibeah and went to Jerusalem. Now, this is important because he had gone to Gibeah to sacrifice. And Gibeah was in the high places, but he wasn't supposed to be sacrificing in the high places, in the places that were visible where people could see you and see how much you could sacrifice. It, 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 it um, let folks know how much you had. You were supposed to sacrifice in quiet in the low places. He was sacrificing in Gibeah according to the text because um, the house of the Lord hadn't been built yet. But after he gets this revelation, the text says he went back to Jerusalem where his father was buried, back to Jerusalem and made sacrifices there, not in the high places, but in Jerusalem. The text said that he gave burnt offerings, burnt offerings, the word in Hebrew is olah. It's the oldest and most common and highest form of sacrifice in the Hebrew tradition. And it represented submission to God's will, right? Um, when the burnt offering was given, the entire offering was burnt because the entire offering belonged to the Lord. It represented his capacity to submit to what God was saying. God had just told him what God was going to do for him. And this burnt offering was an indication that he was accepting and submitting to the blessings that God was going to bestow upon him. Um, and so he immediately went uh, and made a sacrifice. Sometimes we wait too long to sacrifice. When God blesses us, when God opens the door, when God speaks to us, we want to go and tell everybody about it instead of getting on our knees, getting in our posture of prayer, spending some time with God, making a sacrifice to the Lord because of all of the many blessings that God has allowed to come your way. He immediately got up, the text said, and went to make sacrifice, starting with the burnt offering, which all belonged to the Lord. But that's not the only offering he made. The text said he also made a well-being offering, which is also known as a peace offering. Uh, and in Hebrew, that word is shalamim. And it's an expression of thanks to God, an expression of gratitude to God. But this offering was different from the burnt offering. This peace offering or well-being offering, a portion was given to the Lord. Another portion was given to the priest. And the remainder was shared with family, friends, and the people who were around. I want you to hear me. The burnt offering was solely for the Lord. And all of it went to the Lord. But the well-being peace offering as an expression of thanks to God and in celebration of gratitude to God, was given to the Lord a portion, a portion then to the priest, and the last portion was given to the family and friends. The text said that he had a feast for all of his servants because of what was left over from the peace offering. And I just wanted to, to let you know today, FCBC, that when your aptitude influences your attitude, and your attitude influences your altitude, 
then there are shared blessings for everybody. Oh, because that blessing wasn't just for him. That blessing was for everyone. And God, when God blesses you, yes, it feels good. Yes, you're excited about it. But that blessing isn't just for you. That blessing is for those around you, those who know God, those who don't know God, those who need to be reminded of God's goodness, of God's grace, of God's mercy. There's blessings enough for everyone. It is an overflowing blessing when God blesses us. And when we try to keep it to ourselves, we limit our capacity to be a witness to the goodness and the mercy and the grace and the glory of our mighty God. And so I'm so grateful that Solomon gave us the example of when we get good news from the Lord, when the Lord moves on our behalf, when the Lord answers our prayers, when the Lord gives us what we're asking and then goes above and beyond that and blesses us even more, that those blessings are not just for us. They're not for us to keep it to ourselves, but it's for us to share with others so they may be reminded of the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. If you are looking to be elevated, you've got to check your aptitude. If you are expecting elevation in your life, you've got to check your attitude. If you want God to move you to the next level of glory, from glory to glory, then you've got to check your altitude because they all influence how you show up. They all influence how you move forward. They all influence how you are elevated. And so many of us today want to be elevated, but we don't want to do the work, hallelujah, to get to the elevation. I'm telling you today, if we look at this story of Solomon, we recognize that that elevation wasn't just for Solomon. That elevation was for the entire kingdom. Only under King Solomon was there peace in the land for his entire rule. It was a blessing to the nation because he was able to move forward learning what he needed to learn, honoring God in the midst of it, perceiving who God is and all God can do, and then wanting more, not just for himself, but for the people who was around him. Are you prepared for elevation? Are you prepared to go where God is calling you to go. It is, it is time for the small-mindedness that's happening in our world today. For us to move from that to a higher level. To a higher level of love. To a higher level of grace. To a higher level of generosity. To a higher level of peace. We shouldn't be doing the same thing today that we were doing 10 years ago. We shouldn't be praying the same way today that we were praying 10 years ago. We shouldn't be giving the same way today that we were giving 10 years ago. If we're expecting God to elevate us, then we've got to move forward, checking all around us to see the opportunities for elevation to occur in how we think about ourselves, how we think about God, how we think about others, How we respond to God when God responds to us and how we share God with the people around us. Yes, we all want to be elevated. Yes, we all want to go to the next level. Yes, we all want to get unstuck. Yes, we all want to see what's next. But in order to get unstuck, 
and move forward and see what's next. We have got to be present, ensuring that our aptitude is on point, ensuring that our attitude is on point, and ensuring that our altitude is for the right reason. Amen? 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 Amen. Hallelujah. What a blessing Solomon is to the body of God, to, to this kingdom building work that God has called us to do. When we look at the life of Solomon and see, oh my God, this unselfish asked, God, just give me the wisdom to know how to do the work that you've called me to do. I may not even feel prepared for the elevation that's coming, but if you're with me and your wisdom is with me and your presence is with me, then I know I'll be all right. And so as you move forward, yes, there may be times when fear may come in. Yes, there may be times when doubt comes in. But if you know that you're going higher and higher and higher, morning by morning, new mercies we see. We are climbing Jacob's ladder. We are climbing Jacob's ladder higher, 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 higher. Trust in the God that can get you there. And trust that you have everything you need in order to get to where God is calling you to go. I, you know, I look at Solomon and I almost feel like it's the Wizard of Oz. You know, the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy was trying to find her way home. The lion wanted courage. Uh, the tin man wanted a heart. Uh, the scarecrow wanted brains. And when they got to the Wiz, they realized that they already had what they were asking for. The fact that Solomon had the capacity to ask for wisdom means that that wisdom was already in him. What is it that is already in you that you're searching for? Stop searching on the outside and start looking on the inside. It is time for your elevation. Get prepared. Hallelujah. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. God, we bless your name. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you. Hallelujah. Yes, we bless you. Hallelujah. And God, we thank you. Hallelujah. God, we thank you. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. You're worthy, God. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, bless us and keep us until we meet again on the other side where the sun neither rises nor sets because the sun is Jesus Christ the light of the world, and it's in your mighty name, your holy name, your majestic name, that we say amen, amen. amen.
Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.